Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts here on this Thursday morning. And, uh, man, it was fairly warm earlier this morning. I think it was 55 degrees at one point. And I guess it was pouring rain. I was not up uh, when that was happening, but I could tell something happened overnight. (laughs) Probably because I washed my car a couple days ago. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, fairly warm out there, uh, 50 degrees and cloudy. Falling temperatures, though, into the upper 30s today. We'll be down to 30 degrees tonight. Good to have you with us on a a penny for your thoughts, no matter where you're listening, how you're listening, whether you're inside or out, nearby or far away. We get folks listening everywhere. And we're uh, grateful to uh, have you with us and honored to be uh, sitting in the penny chair again here today. On this February 9th of the year 2023, hope you're doing well. 217-356-9397 is the number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll have an open line here this first hour. And then in the second hour, we'll be joined by Brand Hansen. He's a uh, nationally uh, syndicated, nationally probably one of the foremost uh, religious uh, broadcasters, Christian broadcasters, uh, syndicated nationally. Uh, and he used to be a host here in town at a couple of stations. He was over at WBGL for a while, and then he was with us here at DWS. He did the afternoon uh, Brand Hansen show. And uh, now he's uh, all over the place at a national level. Uh, He was just on Good Morning America here recently, and uh, he's an author. He's a podcaster. Uh, He's written, I think, at least four books, and one of the books he wrote early on a few years ago was a book called Unoffendable, and uh, he's written a few cents, uh, Blessed Are the Misfits and the Truth About Us and the Men We Need, and he revised his uh, Unoffendable book talking about forgiveness, and uh, we live in a society that's pretty bitterly divided over things and a lot of time is angry about people or you know social media has aggravated it a lot and he talks about that and we'll talk about his days here at wdws too he did an afternoon show for at least two years maybe three uh here on the radio right here on this station so uh, we'll talk to brand hansen coming up in the second hour for a little bit may finish with an open line depending on how long we go uh, with brand tomorrow on friday Got some open line time. We'll talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Mark Schultz, who used to be with us at DWS, is my spotter for on the football broadcast and has worked at various locations, now with the Urbana Park District. He's a, a big Eagles fan. And we'll talk to Mike Hale, who is a big Chiefs fan, just kind of get their thoughts on the game coming up on Sunday. Also, uh, the 90th birthday or celebration, I guess, for Cams coming up this weekend on campus. 
and the longtime owner, uh, not the current owner, but I know I think he's an advisor to them now, but uh, Eric Meyer will join us for a little bit uh, tomorrow morning as well, talk about that 90th uh, celebration for CAMS and the history of that. And some open line time in and around that. Also a cardiologist uh, from OSF, who, by the way, OSF has a uh, new man in charge, new president of OSF Heart of Mary Medical Center. His name is J.T. Barnhart. Comes up from Tennessee. No relation that I know of. But we'll have to reach out to him and find out if we are. (laughs) But uh, I saw that. I was like, Barnhart named head of OSF. I'm like, wait a minute. Who's that? So uh, that's in the news today. I think the last count in Turkey and Syria for the deaths in that earthquake, just unbelievable numbers, and they're going to continue to go up. I think it's like 18,000 now. I had written down 11, but I think it's grown substantially since then. And uh, let's see, the House Oversight Committee grilling two former Twitter officials about the Hunter Biden lap story. So that's underway. Uh, Disney restructuring itself into three units. If we get a chance, we'll take a look at that. Among our guests uh, next week, Vaughn Young, former uh, local police officer in Champaign, police chief at Parkland. Vaughn Young, uh, he was also a county board candidate this last fall. We'll talk to Vaughn coming up uh, next week. And the mayor of Urbana with us as well, Diane Marlin, at the end of next week. And later in the month, uh, Justice Robert Steigman with us and... Later in that week as well, Judge Mike McCuskey near the end of the month. So we got a lot of stuff happening here in this short month of February. Basketball again for the women tonight at 7. You can hear that on the radio. They're out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mike Kuhn has the call on that. And we got the men coming up Saturday at 1 against a very tough Rutgers team. That'll be Saturday at 1. 9-12, back to get it started on a penny for your thoughts here this morning on this Thursday. An open line the first hour. Our former colleague, Brand Hansen, joins us in the next hour here on DWS. On a penny for your thoughts, good to have you with us here uh, today on this Thursday. Some open line time here the first hour. On this National Pizza Day, America, on average, consumes about 350 slices of pizza per second. That's on average for America, the entire country. That's about 100 acres worth of pizza each day. And pepperoni, the most popular topping. So have a pizza today, all right, on National Pizza Day here on this February 9th. 9.15 at DWS. Let's go to the phones here, see what's on people's minds. How you doing, Bob? Hey, good morning. National Pizza Day. Now, there's a there's a good topic. I should, <laughs> I should talk about that. Um, I, I was uh, calling in response to um, uh, yesterday. Uh, you had a caller named Scott who um, near the end of the show who was kind of distressed uh, about the state of the union, um, and uh, and he wasn't wrong in the sense that you know Biden comes out and says our country is strong and uh, you know everything's going in the right direction and, and of course you know people aren't dumb. But I wanted to maybe offer some clarity um, on what's happening as people kind of look around. Jim Dye mentioned the culture wars, and that, that's certainly a part of it. But 
I think what's happening that people are having difficulty recognizing is the breakdown of trusted institutions. You know, it used to be you sent your kids to school and, you know, they'd learn math and they'd read some classics and, and now there's a lot of political things attached to that. I'm going to go into all that. You know, it used to be you could go to the hospital and you'd know you'd get taken care of. You wouldn't be part of a patient mill and you didn't need an advocate there to be with you to make sure you got good care. You know, it used to be that kids wanted to grow up to be police officers because they were there to protect and to serve. And now that institution has been so uh, vilified and there's uh, that, you know, who wants to be a police officer? You know, nobody looks to government anymore. Uh to solve our problems, I mean, with good reason. And even the pandemic um, showed us that uh, some of our churches were more interested in safety rather than salvation. And so what's happening, I think, that people are having difficulty putting their finger on is these pieces of America, and I'm using the word institution, but, you know, call them whatever you want, um, are not serving the purpose for which they are cre were created. And people are having a hard time recognizing that that's what's happening. And just as I can say, you know, hey, you know, Joe Biden was full of BS when he gave the State of the Union, so too I can say, look, Donald Trump is not your salvation. Okay, He's not your savior. And if you think he is, you're, you haven't heard a word I'm saying. And that what we need as a country is a revival, um, not just a revival of our institutions, but a revival of our hearts from the bottom up. And, and that's that's what I think is going on. And hopefully that can offer some clarity to some people who are wondering what's happening around them. Yeah, no, those are, those are certain things that used to, I know growing up, uh, and I don't know how old you are, but I mean there were certain, as you say, institutions or certain traditions or certain things that were like, those are things we can build our you know, our lives around or we can count on or whatever. And I think, right. Yeah. A lot of those have been, you know, yanked out from under us or people are so suspicious anymore. I think social media is feeding a lot of it too, uh, because the outlets we used to have to express ourselves were, you know, maybe a penny for your thoughts show or, you know, a letter to the editor or whatever. And that was about it. And now everybody can express every opinion they want. <laughs> And anonymously in a lot of cases, and uh, it just feeds on itself, I think. Yeah, that that, that adds to the confusion, and mm -hmm. so it's it's hard to see as you look around and you see sort of the crumbling of of these American standards. It's, it's hard to, um, to say hey, this is what's happening because, like you said, social media tends to muddy the waters, and and, and so people get all up in arms about, about culture wars and Democrat versus Republican, mm -hmm. and um, I certainly have a aside there that I land, but nevertheless, again, that's, that's not where, you know, mm -hmm. that's not where the answer is going to come from. Yeah. No, our, our pastor at CU church, Jason Epperson, who's a friend of mine, he often says from the pulpit, he says, Hey, you know, if you're clinging to something and that's what you're really holding on to, whether it's your career or your family or whatever, it's a crisis waiting to happen. You know, right. the one person, the one thing you should be clinging to is God. Right. And other, other than that, you know, those things are all great, and there's nothing wrong with those. It's There's fun to have sports, and I work around sports teams, but if you're so invested in that and that's your whole life, well, you're probably going to be disappointed at some point <laughs> or a lot. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and they're, so, they're a great distraction, and, you know, I'm as bummed as anybody when I leave an Illini game after a loss. But like you said, you know, that that's not that's not where our hope is found. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Hey, good thoughts. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. 920 at uh, DWS.
on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, let's go to John here. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Brian. And I, I agree with the uh, last caller. My biggest thing is I don't understand one thing. What is wrong with everybody getting all hysterical over black history? Black history is true history, and it's honest history. And I'll give you a good example. In military terms, you think about General Patton, one of our greatest generals. I mean, there was, he has had so many screw-ups. And Eisenhower, General Eisenhower, in charge of NATO forces at that time, he was willing to do anything to get, I, get Patton out of the military. And the last thing that they wanted to do is give him another position. The way they can get him to retire and get him out of the military is give him the black troops. In other words, we were lazy, we were dumb, we couldn't learn, you know, we're shifty. But all of a sudden, they gave Patton the black troops. I mean, they couldn't keep up with Patton. From the 761st, the Tuskegee Airmen, the 33rd Artillery, the Black Rangers, every worked immaculate. The only way they can find out how to stop General Patton is the Battle of the Bulge. And you don't see it in history books, but the Battle of the Bulge, no ammunition, no fuel, it stopped the black troops from being totally mechanized. And General Patton was the one that said that black troops were so dumb they couldn't learn mechanized equipment. And look how it turned out. He became the greatest general that we had. And we made him a hero. America made him a hero. And when you're talking about black history, you look at Dr. Fauci, how everybody knocking him down. I wonder what Dr. Daniel Hale went through when he did the first open-heart surgery. He was a black doctor. JFK doctor was black. I mean, it's just so, it's, it's, it's ironic that we think black history is going to tarnish the image of America. It will make America strong if we put black history as American history. And it's like that movie that Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro did. Right now in America, it's called Showtime. Who has the loudest mouth that can get on and call you a liar and anything? It's sad. Black history is a legacy of truth. If we talk about the suffering, we can talk about the joy and pain. This is the greatest country in the world. If we get rid of racism and put our histories together, you'd be surprised what this country could do. Hmm. It's unbelievable. Why is everybody scared of black history? It's history. It's American history. Yeah, there's and so much. History. There's so much that we don't that you know it gets overlooked. I think. Well, I mean, you know, even with when Michelangelo painted the uh, the uh, chapel, what did he do? At first, Jesus had. Um, color of bronze, and had woolly hair. When he was on the cross, it was the same way. All of a sudden, he painted the 16th chapel or whatever. Jesus had blonde hair, wavy blonde hair, and he was white. And it's just on and on and on. If we sit down and we talk about this as adults, they got to understand, our children are learning behind their backs. These children want to learn about history. Don't give them false pretenses. Give them the truth, and they're going to be better people than what we are now. Right now, I look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the way she was yelling and screaming. I mean, this is a, a, a woman 
that's a nurturer. She's supposed to be giving sound advice. She's giving bad advice to me. Hmm. You know, we're going to have CRT and all this. I mean, it just goes on and on. If people would stop and think, what is wrong with black history? And realize, yeah, the black community, we got our problems. God knows we got our problems. And we're trying to solve them. But don't tell us we're just sitting back letting it happen. There's many of us, we, we want to stop this. But if we work together, we can stop it. But what is wrong with everybody going crazy right now over black history? From the governor of Arkansas, the governor of Texas, the governor of Florida, everybody's trying to, we don't want black history. We don't want black history. What's wrong with black history? Is it their history books got to be rewritten? I mean, if we can talk about Ronald Reagan, we can talk about Barack Obama. We can talk about um, Lincoln. We can talk about Frederick Douglass. We can talk about George Washington. We can talk about Christopher Addicts. It goes on and on. Hmm. We have to tell the truth. Hey, John, thanks for your call as always. Okay, sir? Take care. Yep, take Take care. care. You too. All right, 926 at DWS. On a penny for your thoughts. Yeah, there's. It's probably uh, more complicated than just Black History, I think. But um, because I know I, I've always said this often. I think there's a lot of you know the the Tulsa, um, the Black Wall Street in Tulsa that was burned to the ground. In, was it a hundred years ago? I think they just uh, had the hundredth anniversary of that a couple of years ago. That was something I didn't hear about. I didn't know about that until a few years ago. And I love to read history and the. There's all kinds of great stories like that. Now, there's some people that feel like there's, you know, some um, uh, history in there where they're trying to indoctrinate our kids to, you know, to, well, uh, you know, blame all the white kids for slavery from, you know, 200 years ago. And, you know, our country was founded wrong. And and so there's a lot of that. I think that's what gets people more upset than anything. Uh, But but I do agree that there's a lot of uh, black history that um, is missing in our textbooks, you know, that we just don't know enough about, I think. But that's just me. Uh, 217-356-9397-926. And there's some amazing stories. I just Googled, uh, I don't know if if this is what John was referring to, but the first African-American cardiologist who performed the first successful open-heart surgery, founded the first interracial hospital, Provident Hospital, Daniel Hale Williams was reading about him while uh, John was talking. There's all kinds of stories like that. Uh, 927 at DWS. Carl is with us. Good morning, Carl. Hi, Brian. I'm afraid I've got more of a back-of-the-book story for you. Okay. When uh, Dick Van Dyke turned, he just turned 97 a couple weeks ago. But uh, when he turned 90, I had to kind of smile because... Back in about 1970, I guess it was, he was doing the new Dick Van Dyke show. And he did this thing with a, uh, um, uh, some, uh, somebody who was trying to get him in better shape. A, uh, I can't think of the word, but, uh, she was saying, let me go check, uh, books on, uh, middle-aged exercise. Mm-hmm. And he said, isn't middle age around 50? And he, she said, yeah, if you want to become uh, over, if you want to reach 100. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, I'm 45, and I don't expect to hit 90. Mm. Yeah. And 
So I just thought it was funny. He did. He's gone way past 90. But I'm sure he even he doesn't remember that line from that episode. But, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. That that happened. No, it is. Yeah. No, you think about it. I mean, I think as we get older, too, we start to, you know, what used to be. I mean, when you're in your teens and your early 20s, people that are 40, 45 years old are old. You know, then you get to be 40 and you're like, well, you know, I'm getting old, but when you're 60, you'd rather be 40. I mean, I wish I was yeah. 40. That's, I mean, it's just funny how your perspective on life changes over time. Yeah, and when you think about how many people we we know that are 90, mm-hmm. I mean, the pastor I, I lit, uh, grew up with uh, lived to be at least 100. Yeah. No, I. Yep. No, life lifespans have gotten longer. So and stuff. And I'm I'm sorry to go more to the no. future type stuff, but that's uh, okay. That's what an open line's all about. Okay. All righty. Very good. Thanks, Carl. Bye. I appreciate it. Uh, Nine twenty nine at DWS. Uh, Jr. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good. What's up? I just. Uh, don't you think uh, the good people outweigh the bad in this world? There's a lot of heat in the world, but I think we we still outnumber the bad people. Oh, there are there are people. I'm always amazed at a big gathering. If you go to a an event, um, I was at a funeral the other day. I mean, just people in general, I think um, that, that never get their name in a headline and never you never see anything or hear anything about them. There's so many good people out there doing things. Uh, privately or quietly that, you know, only God knows the good things they've done. I think there's a lot of people like that that you never I, hear I from. Go down south, I go down south to a small town, and somebody waves and I says, who's that? I don't know. Oh, that's how they do down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, uh, we waved at everybody uh, on the farm. I mean, everybody that went by, oh, we yeah. waved. So. Right. I just wanted to say something, you know. Yeah. Very good. Have a great day. Thank you, Jr. Will. Back in a moment here. I need to get to a break. Hang on, callers. Got some more. Some more texts and emails that have come in. Brand Hansen. We'll talk about some of this a little bit because we've got a. I think people feel uh, with all the culture wars and there's just a lot of anger out there that people have, and uh, we're, we'll talk about that with Brant a little bit. He's got a new book or a revised book of an old book uh, called Unoffendable. Don't know if that's a word or not, but. We'll talk to him about it here coming up, 931. Here's a break. Temperature keeps going down here, 49 after some rain this morning. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. We mentioned National Pizza Day. Uh, I'm just straight up thin crust cheese. And I love the monocles, of course, in Tolono. I'm biased. But but they say pepperoni is the most popular topping. Pepperoni's okay. Um, sausage is okay. I don't do the, I don't, if I have, uh, toppings on my pizza, it's strictly meat. It's Canadian bacon. It's sausage, maybe some ham. 
But uh, a lot of times just cheese, simpler that way. Like if I'm traveling with a basketball team and they ask what I want, I'm not going to order a big pizza with a lot of toppings. Just give me a thin crust cheese pizza. That's all I need. <laughs> Pretty simple that way. Uh, speaking of food, the Beef House, I don't think they have pizza. Well, they have about everything else at the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Exit 4 inside the Indiana state line. We'll be headed over to Purdue here in a few weeks, less than a month, for the game with the Boilermakers. I don't know if we're going to have a a chance to do that on the way over or not, but I hope we do, and I hope you do. If you have a chance to get over there, say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. You can talk with Bob about the Boilermakers. He loves to talk about it, and he welcomes all denominations of sports fans. doesn't matter who you're rooting for. And he's had a lot of teams go through here, Illinois teams, Purdue teams, I even saw a football team from Western Illinois in there one time on their way to Terre Haute, I think. So it's uh, everybody goes there, whether you're on a team or not, and you can get the lunch buffet, you can do the full menu, et cetera, et cetera. Hope you do it. The Beef House, Exit 4, Covington, Indiana. Uh, regarding your caller with the idea that, quote, institutions used to be fine and not now, I believe his clarity is misguided. Perhaps what he thought was a good place was not. School bullying and not enough adult supervision led to the school shooting at Columbine. Or workplace and institution harassment, many other places we relied on. Perhaps these places were not good things. People just turned their heads and did nothing. All right, appreciate that uh, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. I think part of it is, though, it, it's like, um, and, and people that are older than me will tell you this, too. If you were in school... The last thing you wanted to do was get in any kind of trouble to have a teacher reach out to your parent and tell them, by the way, little Brian did this or little Johnny did that. You were, it was like, I don't want that to happen. And, uh, you know, and I think people just feel that's, that's gone now. You know, it's like, well, you know, the, if the kids are going to misbehave and the parents are trying to, uh, you know, uh, figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, it's just more complicated now than it used to be. Uh, Nine thirty-seven at uh, DWS on a penny for your thoughts, and th- I think those are the things that our first caller was talking about. Was certain things you could you could count on, and not so much anymore, and that's uh, caused a lot of anxiety for a lot of folks. Uh, let's go to Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'd like to have a thin crust with a sausage and bacon and a hamburger. That's my favorite. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I like that. Hey, I was watching C-SPAN yesterday, and they had this thing on about uh, Biden's son and Twitter, and uh, they had some Marjorie Green, and they had Santos, and they had Jordan, and they had a whole bunch of other clowns that were on there. Absolutely nothing to do with what the investigation was about trying to get the old Perry Mason, yes or no, is that true or false? Well, they wouldn't let you explain your answer. It had to be yes or no. So hmm. so I was watching, and I just couldn't believe what was going on. And uh, you there still, Brian? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I wondered if you saw it yesterday. It was, it was kind of like watching cartoons. I, yeah, I didn't see any. I, I've read about it, and I've seen little clips here and there, but I didn't and really. Uh, Jordan. Gordon, Jordan, guy out of Ohio. Jim, Jim, Jim Jordan. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the old wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if people know, supposedly, uh, a bunch of over 50 people that were on his wrestling squad and 
claimed that he uh, used to take showers with him and masturbate. So this is the kind of person that's on the Congress. And Green, she was asked a question the other day, and she said she didn't have to answer because she's Congress and she only has to answer to her own people. So until we get things a little bit more straightened up, and McCartney, he wouldn't even stand up at all when the president was there. I mean, come on, people, give us a break. If you don't want to make America better, then why don't you just leave the country? I'm a Christian, and I think we ought to do Christian things, like the old people that they're trying to take the money away from. If it was my book, I'd give them an extra dollar or two every month because they need it. Okay. I'm through preaching, Brian, and All I right. hope somebody out there heard me. So okay. Thank you. thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Well, here, here's the thing you run into, is, and this has happened in D.C., is, and that's why when one party starts investigating stuff for the other party, then you better be ready because if you're going to break that precedent or you're going to start down that path, then guess what? If the control flips, you're going to get it the other way. And there have been a list of things, and, and Republicans feel like, hey, we need to investigate the Biden laptop, and we need to look at Twitter, and we need to... Now, whether they're going to get anything done with it or they're going to run out of time in two years or whatever, and if the Democrats retake the House next time, there's going to, they're going to investigate a bunch of stuff, and that's... Um, once you start, and I'm not saying there isn't stuff to look at. I'm just saying once the the whole idea of once you start investigating each other, that's all you start doing, and it becomes uh, less of hey, let's work together and solve America's problems. It's my party versus your party, and your party's evil, and my party's righteous, and you all need to be destroyed. And that's the attitude or the the what's in the air. And I just don't think it's very healthy for the country. But I understand there are serious things you want to look at. I get it. I'm just talking about, well, the first thing we're going to do on day one is we're going to investigate this or we're going to investigate that. And, you know, this guy's a crook and he's horrible. And, and you just, you know, you just want to turn your, as for me, I just want to turn my back on it and go, please go away. <laughs> but, and that's not to diminish the things they're investigating. I'm just talking about the whole um, theatrics that go with it. That's all. And and they're so, you know, you've got the right and you've got the far left and, you know, it's they're just investigating each other. And to me, that's sad that that's, that's all it becomes. So, uh, Eric, how are you? I'm doing good, Brian. You, you were talking about uh, Pizza Day and it got yeah. me thinking about local places. You know, there aren't that many that aren't like chains and whatnot, um, you know, like Papa John's or whatever, Domino's. But you know who's got a really good and I think an underrated pie? I call it a pie because my buddy in the East calls them pies. An underrated pie in town is at Old Orchard Lanes. I mean, many people older, you know, older know about that place. Like Lauren goes there and whatnot <laughs> for lunch. But that's a pretty good pizza, and I think it's actually related to Monocles in some way. I'm not sure of the connection, but if anyone knows, I'd love to hear about it. But are you familiar with it? You oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, Lou Henson yeah. would go there all the time, and uh, right, right. Lauren has a group of folks. Occasionally I get invited, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just bowling place pizza, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Casey's. My, you know, I say yeah. Casey's is pretty good. My wife's like, well, uh, pizza from a, a gas station? No thanks, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's actually not that bad, you know? Yeah. It's made fresh and whatnot. So. Yeah. yeah, that's but, good. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting topic. I like talking yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, 
it depends where you grew up too. Like I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, and we got some great places like Aurelio's Pizza. I don't know if you know about those mm, guys. I've heard of them. They're all over the mm. yeah, they're all over up there. But something I would I wish it was would be here. You know, <laughs> I had to drive an hour or so up to Bourbon A to grab one if I got a taste for one. But uh, who doesn't love a good pizza? So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I. <laughs> I we didn't we didn't have it a lot in our house to be honest um, at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, with youth groups or with church groups or whatever, they'd go to you know Garcia's or we'd go to Pizza Hut or we'd go to wherever you know. And that was when mm-hmm. my introduction to pizza was back then, right? Because we didn't do it a lot at home. So absolutely. Anyway, it's a fun topic to talk yeah. about. I thought I'd add some comments. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. All right. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. No. No mushrooms for me. Uh, you can leave the onions out. I, I don't need that. Some people like all kinds of stuff on it. My wife likes a lot of things on it, so she's different from me, but that's okay. 943, Bob joins us. Good morning, Bob. Yes, I'm going to talk a little bit things in general about crime. Okay. And uh, one, of th- one of the things I'm going to bring up is this could be for in Illinois or across the United States. Why aren't these police officers wearing bulletproof vests? just like this last police officer was shot and killed. And my thing is, why don't stores, when they sell guns to somebody, why don't they make a a law that they have to buy something to lock that gun up? I think they need a law out to the United States that if you buy a gun, you have to have some place or buy something from a store that you have to lock it up. For example, the six-year-old that had a gun and shot the teacher. Take that for example. Those people should never, ever be able to have a gun again. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be allowed to have a license. Or, say, police officers chase somebody that just shot somebody in their vehicle, and they go run into the house, I believe that the automakers uh, have a, some kind of warrant with them. They go in, and they know they're going to arrest the person in the house, but search for more weapons in the house. And if they're not licensed or, or locked up, the weapons come out, hmm. yeah. and, and I think this will help. And I, you know, as far as the bulletproof vest goes, I don't know if anybody's ever invented a bulletproof mask, but that would be uh, a big help too, because there's, you know, uh, shootings and killings that uh, a lot of people are hit in the head. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so you know, I I I think we need to bring change the laws about having weapons in the house without being locked up. Okay. All right. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate your thoughts. Back in a moment here. Penny, for your thoughts, need to get to a break. 946 on an open line. Brand Hansen with us after the news at 10.
48. On this Thursday, down to 47 degrees. They said the temperature would start dropping. So keeping an eye on that. All right, some texts that have come in here. Black history and CRT are not the same thing, a listener says. Uh, good morning, Brian. I love Monday morning quarterbacks, open lines, flashback Friday. You and Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate, Ed Bond, Dave Gentry, Steve Kelly, Mike Hale, Scott Beatty have meant so much to me over the years. I'll never throw WDWS under the bus like Carol Ammons did. Keep up the great work, Brian, our listener says. All right, appreciate that. Uh, hi, Brian. When is Irish History Month? Uh, Greg in Monticello wants to know. Oh, hi, Brian. I couldn't find a pizza cutter to cut my pizza, so I used my Brian Adams CD. Cuts like a knife. <laughs> uh, somebody else texted in, did he tear up the speech? Talking about Nancy Pelosi's tearing up of the um, President Trump speech. See, that was that was ridiculous, too. I mean, come on. Really? You're going to tear up the speech? Go tear it, get a copy and go tear it up in your in your office, okay, if you want to do that. Uh, but to do that, I mean, it's, it's just silly. It's a silly time. All right, uh, local urban legend has it that Old Orchard Pizza is actually Monocle's original recipe. Well, really? Well, I don't know about that. I have to check with Tom and Beth on that. I, um... Because the, obviously the original Monocles is uh, in Tolono, my hometown, 950. Another text says the best pizza around is, is it Padano's? Padano's Deluxe in St. Joe? Is that right? And another uh, texter says, talking about National Pizza Day, uh, you are quite the picky eater, Brian. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I'm afraid so. I plead guilty on that. Uh, also, quite the accusation by a previous caller concerning Jim Jordan. When you're, Would your caller want someone to accuse him of the same thing on the radio with no proof? And he believes he did the right thing. Wow. Okay. The gun call, all those laws, Fed and State locking up guns already has been there for years, a listener says. Uh, Luminati's in Chicago sells a frozen pizza whose crust is a pre-cooked circle of sausage, no dough. We buy several hundred dollars worth of these at a time and keep them frozen, then prep them with your own toppings. Wow. Okay. Uh, Manetti's. I think I said that right. All right. Ted's with us. How you doing, Ted? Good. Good. Um, I guess I'll start off with, uh... Patrick Finkston, when I'm not listening to you, I'm listening to WLS. If you want to hear the liberal side of Patrick Finkston, listen to WLS. He's a totally different person, phony, fake as they come. Can't wait for the debate with the, the judge. And when he's in your station, he called himself a or center right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Phony, 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 fake. And I'll just won't say any other words. That's He's fake as they come. Now, talking about a real person I missed the show yesterday, Aaron Ammons. I may have said it a time or two. Listen to WEFT Saturday mornings. Aaron's on there. I'm not Champaign County. You couldn't pay me to live in that, in that hellhole, so I don't vote for him, but he's the real deal. He tells you what he thinks. He's, he, he told the truth about Frerichs uh, the other day, and uh, when I heard him on WEFT and somebody said they brought it up the other day, to, to, my, to me, to Aaron, if you're listening, 
I'd rather be a, a bellboy on the Titanic than be a politician in Champaign County or anywhere. And the group of people I hang with are saying is, I'd rather have a sister work in a house of prostitution than a brother as a politician. That's that's the truth. I don't care which side. Well, what did he, what did he say about Frerichs? Well, I'll let him say oh, it. Oh, okay. I, I just say you could, for your callers need to listen to WEFT. I usually listen to her about 15 minutes Saturday morning. He's got a show on there called Higher Ground. He said Frerichs is a racist. And oh. um, I don't know whether he is or isn't because uh, Aaron's upset that uh, – him or his, his wife didn't get moved on up the totem pole, mm. but Aaron's best. I don't. I don't vote for Aaron. I don't know Aaron, but I've heard him. I don't like some of the stuff he does. But I wouldn't want to be a black man in today's po- politics. I wouldn't want to be a white man. But that's unimportant. Yeah. Um, okay. But Patrick Finston is as fake as they come. Um, Eighteen sixty buttons the other night. The people were wearing at the State of the Union. That's a. I googled it. That's the first time a white. A cop killed a black man. I don't think that was appropriate, but I'm not black. And the last thing, uh, congratulations to Benjamin Netanyahu. What they're going, what's going on in Israel right now? My best friends are Jews. They're there all the time. I said, hey, do you see those no home for hate signs over there? They go, we ain't seen one. I go, exactly. Hmm. But uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is the perfect for Israel, and I'll let you go. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, I, by the way, on Patrick, I've known Patrick for years. He was with us here, and uh, by the way, he did run Rodney Davis's first congressional campaign, um, and he's run a few other Republican campaigns. I don't think he's done a little work for some Democrats too. And uh, when he says he's center right, I believe him. Um, he is no no fan of Donald Trump, but I don't think he's a big fan of uh, far left liberals either. I. You know, and the thing with Patrick is he's uh, he's got an opinion, and uh, you know he and I get along fine. I'm you know he does things differently than I do. He's got a little sharper edge, and he's not afraid to to poke you in the eye if he you know politically in a, in that sense. Uh, so if he, do, but you know, hey, different strokes for different folks, right? That's why we're uh, we're all this giant collection. Of God made us all a little differently, right? All right, uh, nine fifty five. Back after this. Heading for the top of the hour here, CBS News at the top. Brian Hansen, a little after the top, is a book, Unoffendable, that he wrote a few years ago, and he's just revised it. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, hi, Brian. I heard your last caller, Bob, talking about people having to buy a lock or something when purchasing a gun. When I bought a handgun, it came with a lock, and who's going to police the people when they take them home if they don't lock them up? And as far as a bulletproof vest, I believe everybody has bulletproof vests in law enforcement. If Officer Creel didn't have one, he probably would not be here today. Thanks, and have a good day. Go Illini. I would assume they all have. I mean, anytime you go out as a police officer, I would assume you've got some protection on somewhere, right? Uh, let's see here. Hi, Brian. I honestly don't know of anyone against who's against teaching black history. The resistance to CRT is resistant to the corruption of black history by Marxist propaganda is a tool of Marxist radicalization that contributes to the progressive detriment of individual liberty based on skin color. 
Rodney King asks, can't we all just get along? The racial grievance industrial complex is disempowered if we do get along. Doing a cursory investigation of critical theories, Marxist origins in the Frankfurt School in Germany in the 1920s is the key to clarifying this issue. Uh, another text says, many people who gripe about Champagne don't mind working here. I think we've got a great community. I know we've had some issues of violence and all the things that are there for a year or so, and uh, I know it went down about half. I don't know the exact number from the year before to last year. But there's so many great things about our community, all the sports, and you've got Cranert, and you've got the university, and all the brain power that's over there. And, I mean, uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. I mean, if I know it's easy for those of us in small towns or rural areas to, well, I'm never going to visit Chicago. Well, there's a lot of good stuff in Chicago, too, including pizza. <laughs> Somebody says, on R&R in Hong Kong, we had a sausage pizza at the Venice Restaurant, 1972. All right, on National Pizza Day. All right, 9.59, the news coming up here from CBS. We'll talk to Brian Hansen right after that. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock. Heading for the top of the hour here, CBS News at the top. Brand Hansen, a little after the top, is a book, Unoffendable, that he wrote a few years ago, and he's just revised it. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, hi, Brian. I heard your last caller, Bob, talking about people having to buy a lock or something when purchasing a gun. When I bought a handgun, it came with a lock, and who's going to police the people when they take them home if they don't lock them up? And as far as a bulletproof vest, I believe everybody has bulletproof vests in law enforcement. If Officer Creel didn't have one, he probably would not be here today. Thanks, and have a good day. Go Illini. I would assume they all have. I mean, anytime you go out as a police officer, I would assume you've got some protection on somewhere, right? Uh, let's see here. Hi, Brian. I honestly don't know of anyone against who's against teaching black history. The resistance to CRT is resistance to the corruption of black history by Marxist propaganda as a tool of Marxist radicalization that contributes to the progressive detriment of individual liberty based on skin color. Rodney King asks, can't we all just get along? The racial grievance industrial complex is disempowered if we do get along. Doing a cursory investigation of critical theories, Marxist origins in the Frankfurt School in Germany in the 1920s is the key to clarifying this issue. Uh, another text says, many people who gripe about Champagne don't mind working here. I think we've got a great community. I know we've had some issues of violence and all the things that are there for a year or so, and uh, I know it went down about half. I don't know the exact number from the year before to last year. But there's so many great things about our community, all the sports, and you've got Cranert, and you've got the university, and all the brain power that's over there. And, I mean, uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. I mean, if... I know it's easy for those of us in small towns or rural areas to, well, I'm never going to visit Chicago. Well, there's a lot of good stuff in Chicago, too, including pizza. <laughs> Somebody says, on R&R &R in Hong Kong, we had a sausage pizza at the Venice Restaurant, 1972. All right, on National Pizza Day. 
All right, 9.59, the news coming up here from CBS. We'll talk to Brian Hansen right after that. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone via text or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Temperature about 47 degrees. Headed tonight for a low of 30. Not bad, right? Here for this part of the month of February. 10 after 10. Good to have you with us here in hour number two. Had a lot of uh, variety of texts in that first hour and phone calls. A lot of great conversation on the open line. Have a guest coming up in this hour, a guy that I, we used to work with here at WDWS, Brand Hansen. He is an author. He's a radio host nationally, podcaster. Has authored uh, several books, including The Men We Need, The Truth About Us, Blessed Are the Misfits, and Unoffendable. Uh, he's been talking about that. It's a revised version of that book, and we'll uh, talk to him about that and uh, his days here at WDWS here in a moment. He was just on Good Morning America here recently, and uh, I pulled about a minute or so from that uh, appearance on Good Morning America talking about his book and forgiveness. Here's what that sounded like. Like, you can pick up any newspaper or whatever, look online. It's like we have an epidemic of anger in our culture. And the wild thing is when they talk about this, they'll say, well, here's what you need to do about your anger problem. Like, we've all got this anger problem. It's like, we'll hold your breath, you know, count to 10, take a walk. Very rarely they talk about forgiveness. Which I'm like, I think that's it, though. I think that's actually the ticket out of this thing that could destroy us for ourselves. It's, it's like, this is, I think this is the, the most freeing way that you can live. Whatever side you're on, you can scroll for 10 seconds and find 15 things to be angry about. Legitimately. Like, th these aren't small things. These are legitimate things or things that people have done to you. So I'm not talking about just glossing over things that have happened. Whether or not you want to stay angry the rest of your life is up to you. And I think the ticket out of this is actually to let go of that anger because now I'm coming at this from a, from a Jesus follower's perspective, but to actually say, God's forgiven me. I have to extend that to other people. It doesn't make what they did okay, but I'm not going to live with this anger for the rest of my life or it will destroy me. So, uh, Bran Hansen, all the way from Good Morning America to Penny for Your Thoughts. How you doing, Brand? I'm good, man. It's great <laughs> to hear your voice. Hey, great to hear yours. That was uh, that was quite an appearance on there. It was short, but it was. Uh, I know those things usually go a lot shorter than people realize. Yeah, somebody told me it was a. They jumped in when on like a Facebook thread. I had mentioned I was going to be on, and he's a he's a veteran of doing these interviews. He's like, "Hey, man, just a little hint. Pick one thing that you want to say, and do not let them knock you off your game because it goes so fast. It can be over, and then you're like, wait, I didn't get to say the thing. So <laughs> that was a really good piece of advice because it does. It just flies by. Yeah, it really does. We'll, we'll have you a little longer on this show uh, so we can talk good. a little bit, but. Uh, for people that don't remember, uh, you were uh, you grew up around here, I believe, and then you worked in this market, not just here, but uh, WBGL too, right? 
Yeah, I did. I went to the University of Illinois. Um, my parents were both from Urbana. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's totally where my roots are. I live in South Florida now, but I listen to you online just to get my Illini fix. And so I feel like I'm in touch with you all the time, but you never hear from me. But, like, I'm always listening to the games. I always want to know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I hear you. I believe it's you doing the MetaShare commercials, right? Well, you're, you're oh, on, yeah. You're on, like, every day right before I come on. So <laughs> Is that right? So that's so funny because I don't even know how people – figure out that that's me but those commercials are on all over the place all the time and i have people somehow track me down like on twitter and complain to me because they hate me (laughs) it's so funny funny because like i memorized one it was one of my favorite ones you know i'm doing this spot that's saying hey you could save 500 dollars a month or whatever on your health insurance and this guy writes me he's like it literally said quote dude you're the worst Every time I hear your voice, I want to drive my Jeep into a tree. Jeez. So, <laughs> just, just from the commercial. <laughs> so my response was, okay, but before you do that, let me tell you about a health plan where you could save $500 a month. So. <laughs> well, that's good. So I hear your voice about every day. So it's it's yeah, all good. over the place. So uh, Brant Brand Hansen is with us for a little bit here about his uh, book, revised book, Unoffendable. Real quick, though, I wanted to talk about your days here, and uh, you were the afternoon host, and uh, I remember certain things about that show, like you had a toaster oven or a toaster in the studio. Um, yeah. Uh, and you had, uh, and I, I think I'm right about this, you had Ed Bond go out and, like, call in, and people had to guess where Ed was. <laughs> You remember that? Yes, yes. It was where in the world is Ed? Yes, we played a little game, and he was so such a good sport about it too. Like occasionally, when the when the camera pans on the basketball court, and I see Ed, I think back to those halcyon days, and he was he was such a great guy about it. So yeah, I have I have a lot of fond memories of working with you and and Ed and everybody there. Honestly, it was a, it was a great time in life. Our late friend uh, Dave Shaw was a uh, part of that show too. I know uh, you how much respect you had for him as I did. Uh, just oh, having totally. him on the show was unbelievable. It really was. It was because I grew up watching him, mm-hmm. you know, on Channel Three, and so having you around, having Dave, uh, Mark Schultz was a part of the show too. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that we laughed on the air, but off the air sometimes it was just buckled over laughing i remember like dave just crying laughing sometimes so that was just a that was very fun and as you know uh afternoon uh, doing an afternoon talk show is not easy i mean that's a hard thing to do no and people need to know that even doing penny for your thoughts like anybody thinks they hear what you do or what i do a lot of people i could do that and that's that's fair enough because we're like well i could talk i mean they're talking i could talk yeah, you find out really fast. I remember the first time I did the three-hour afternoon show, I had a lot of stuff to say. I blew through it in like eight minutes. And then I could feel the sweat just trickling down my sides because I didn't have anything left to say. And I'm looking at the clock. I got like two and a half hours of programming left. <laughs> what am I going to talk about? Like, you think you got all this stuff to say, but it's amazing how fast you can blow through it. That's right. Uh, I've always, uh, in my career, I always tried not to, re- I called it reaching the end of the railroad tracks or the end of the road. <laughs> Don't ever hit the end of the road, because if you do that, you're in trouble. So. <laughs> That's so true. And then I'm like, what? literally, like, I'm saying stuff, my, my mouth is moving, I'm saying stuff that's going out over the air, but I don't even know what I'm saying or where I'm going. It's like the worst 
feeling in the world. It's terrible. <laughs> Brand Hansen is with us. Uh, Unoffendable. Tell me about that book. Now, was that the first book you wrote? Yeah. Okay. So hopefully this will be inspiring to people who want to write. Because I kicked myself, even when I was working at WWS earlier, I'm like, I, I think I've got stuff to say that I could write. I enjoy it. But I never got around to it because you always think, oh, I could write a book. You never do it. And um, I read Seth Godin's book, Lynchpin, but he was talking about, for himself, he was saying, you know what, I'm not a great writer, but at least I get it done. Like, it's better to get something mediocre done Mm. than to have this masterpiece that you never actually do. Like, to hit send or to send something or to ship something, like, at least you got it done. He's like, look, I've written a lot of mediocre books. It's okay, but at least I got it done. And that really helped me. So I, I decided to go to the coffee shop, and I didn't even know what I was going to write about. I'm like, I'm not getting out of this chair until I write a mediocre or horrible chapter about something. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to write the chapter. No extra coffee. I'm not even going to use a restroom. Like, I'm going to finish a chapter. And I'll be darned if it wasn't about anger. And then I came back the second week and wrote a second chapter sent it to Harper Collins just to say, Hey, at least I tried, you know, at least I sent it. And I felt good about that. Like mm-hmm. I'll get rejected. And, but they were like, actually, this is really interesting. And so that's how I got my first book deal. Mm. And the title is interesting, unoffendable because you talk and you, uh, we heard the clip on uh, good morning America about forgiveness and uh, yes. people holding on to anger and just this right we seem to think we need to have to hold on to our anger and just, well, I need to be angry at somebody. And it's like, well, it's kind of self-defeating. I mean, uh, talk about that and, and your thoughts on that. Well, it's, it's a way, like, we think our anger is righteous and it accomplishes something. It doesn't, actually. But it does rob you of having a life of peace. Like, I want to be an older dude that, like, like a Dave Shaw. I mean, you could, you could talk to him. and he was, he was able to listen. He's in the moment. He's focused. There's probably a lot of people I could point to like that, but I admire that. I don't want to be consumed with being riled up about the news of the day because there's always going to be something. And it's again, it's legitimate stuff. There's horrible stuff that happens to people. It's, there's injustice that happens, but I don't want that anger to be my default setting anymore. What I want to do is actually do something about things that I can affect. Like, if there's an injustice, I need to act against it. I can do that, but I'll actually do it better, not from anger, because anger actually clouds my judgment. So the people who are really the best at combating injustices are not doing it out of anger. For instance, we don't want our police angry. We don't want judges angry. We don't want juries angry, but they're actually charged with the justice system. Like, I hopefully, you know, if I sat down and talked to people, they could say, yeah, there's stuff you're doing in the world, Grant, that's really setting things right. That's good. It's not out of anger. It's out of compassion for people and wanting to protect the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the drive. People think they need to be angry. I would say you don't. Um, and whatever you do with anger, you can actually do better without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but the, the difficult thing is what do you do with it when it happens? Because there are, there are things that happen to you that will provoke you. And, and my solution to this is like, giving up your right to anger and forgiving people, even if they don't deserve it sets you free. Yeah. Cause like what that, was, yeah. Cause, cause what was no, it, you know, uh, Peter, you know, how many times should I forgive? 
you know, my fellow right. man. And, 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 and Jesus gave him a big number, you know, and he's yeah. like, really? That many times? And, and, but, the, you know, the number doesn't matter. It's the idea that... Yeah, you know. coming at it from, a, from a, a Jesus perspective, I'm like, I do this not, not because somebody else deserves it. I don't wait for them to say I'm sorry. I do it because I didn't deserve it. And, I'm, and I have to believe that God's forgiven me. That's kind of the whole beautiful point of it. And it doesn't mean, and if people are thinking, well, then I guess I have to stay in this abusive relationship or something. I have to forgive. Act like it didn't. No, no. It doesn't, mean act, it doesn't mean acting like it didn't happen. It's about you letting go of the anger that you are harboring. You can actually cut off the relationship and do that. But the problem is if you don't forgive somebody, that anger will stay with you. will actually stay in relationship with them for the rest of your life in your head. So forgiveness is actually freedom. It's genius, but it's so rarely talked about in the culture. Like I was saying in that clip, almost all the mainstream articles about our epidemic of anger, are like, well, you should listen to some music or, you know, go for a walk. It's like they rarely talk about this thing called forgiveness, which is actually the one thing that works. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> I mean, the Bible knows what it's talking about there. I mean, you know, it's uh, let not let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I mean, it's it sounds simple, but. Yeah. It, it's so good. And so I even quote, I get such a kick out of this too, because the Bible says it, but also like there's this primate neuroendocrinologist from Stanford, I quote, he calls himself a militant atheist. He's, he's brilliant, brilliant scientist. And Robert Sapolsky, but he wrote a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And he talks about animals and how humans really are the only creatures on the planet that get ulcers. He says it's because we are the only ones capable of hanging on to threat. So like, it's like a zebra may have been chased by a lion last week, but all of these physiological changes happen to get that zebra out of that chase. So there's all these things that happen to your body, but it only lasts for 30 seconds. Hmm. That's what it's intended to last for. But humans are able to hang on to stuff, and humans are the only ones able to imagine threats next week that haven't even happened. Like zebras don't do that. Birds don't do that. They're right. not thinking, well, you know, this could, uh, what could happen now? I got to think about these elections that are coming. Like, yeah. Well, so, and spe- and, and, yeah. And speaking yeah. of that, it's like the state of the union address the other night. Okay. There's all this, you know, politics makes people angry and then you throw in social media. Well, I'm just yeah. mad at so-and-so because they're a Democrat or they're a Republican or, and then we just consume our minds with all that stuff, and it's yeah. like, what are we doing? You know. Yeah, exactly. And you get one shot. Like, and anger will will torpedo your relationships, your marriage. It'll torpedo your relationship with your kids and other people. Like, even if you're not angry at them, the fact that you're so consumed with this nonstop stream of stuff to be worried and angry about changes who you are. So you're not able to be in the moment with them. You're not able to be that voice of wisdom, that quiet voice that can listen to people and enjoy them and focus on their needs and not just your own. Like, I feel like a lot of older people now, I don't know if you, you think this, Brian, but because it's whatever their news channel is, instead of having a, a generation of older people who are these voices of wisdom and perspective, they're consumed with their news channel and we're missing out on who they could have been. Like it's, they just camp out and get worked up. And again, the, the, the news items may be legitimately like awful, but it's like, 
that's not how, that's not who we need right now. We need some people who aren't anxious and who aren't angry that we can learn from. Hmm. Eric Hansen is with. Uh, I'm sorry, Brad Hansen. Uh, I'm looking at my next caller. I got a caller here for you that wants to say hello. If that's okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and it's Eric. Is it where I was looking hello. at the wrong line? Yeah. Hey, Eric. Hey, uh, Brian. Hey, Brant. Um, I, I used to just enjoy your show. I was on there several times about about skating or other issues, and uh, you're certainly missed. Thanks. Uh, the other thing is, like uh, my pastor told me, that's like if you, when it comes to forgiveness, if you swallow the poison expecting the other person to die, it just doesn't work. So think of it in that terms. And I think I think it's probably right. It in, in lockstep with what you just said a couple minutes ago, you know. Yeah, I think that's right, man. I remember your voice too. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna look you up and see all these things you've been doing. It's uh, I'm very impressed and uh, continued success to you by all means. Thanks, man. All right. Hey, thank you. Take hey, care now. Bye thank now. you, Eric. Yeah, you can add that to your book. That's you know, a drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, it's. it's <laughs> It's really true. I think yeah. people are afraid that if they're not angry, that that they're not righteous. And you can see that. Not it, I'm talking about people who aren't even what you would call religious. Mm-hmm. They feel like if someone's not as angry as they are about a given issue, that they're not as righteous as they are. I mean, that's that's what our culture has come to. So taking the taking the standpoint of actually, I'm going to forgive people. I know people are messed up. I'm not going to be continually shocked by the same thing every single day. I'm not going to live in shock. Somebody cut me off on 57. Wow. Okay. Well, that happens. Wow. It's Sir Crouch. Somebody took my parking spot out by, you know, North Prospect. Well, okay. Yeah. Have you driven before? Because that's what humans do. (laughs) 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 To constantly be in shock. I can't believe my mom yeah. said that. How long has she been saying stuff like that? 57 years? Okay, yeah. go ahead and believe it. <laughs> this is what people are like. It doesn't have to ruin your life. Like yeah. You can still address injustice and do what's right without being angry all the time. Uh, hi, Brian. Give my best to Brand. Always enjoyed him locally. He would have me on sometimes on a Friday to stump the guitar player, I guess, maybe. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay, I think I remember that. Because you did have no, a guitar was, in the studio, right? Yeah, distorted. Like we we take uh take non rock songs and have them play it through a distorted guitar and have people try to identify what it was. We made a heavy metal version of everything, so just one of the features of the program. Yeah, Lou says all the best to you, Brand. I've enjoyed following your success and wish you even more. Have a great day, guys. Uh, Lou that's says awesome. so. Thanks, Lou. So that's awesome. Uh, and I know one of the reasons why you uh, kind of revised the book was because even in the last seven, eight years, how much has oh, gone yeah. on in our society and how angry our society just seems. Yeah, yeah. and how answer-free our culture is about it. Mm-hmm. Like like that we acknowledge now that we have a serious anger problem and it's, it's ruining people, but we don't have any answers. And I'm like, man, again, I'm coming at this from a Jesus follower perspective, but he's a genius. He, the things he is saying are giving us freedom. Like that, this is a better and lighter way to live, where you can actually laugh without feeling guilty. You don't have to be worked up all the time. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that have happened. One of them, too, oh, one of them, Brian, was um, Rachel Denhollander. She was one of the gymnasts at Michigan State. 
And so the Larry Nasser thing happened. Well, she gave this amazing explanation that I put in my new book when she went at his sentencing where she was talking about, I forgive him, but that doesn't mean that justice doesn't get served. Mm-hmm. Like it just means that I, I surrender my right to anger so that it doesn't destroy me. And because of what God's done for me, but he still has to face justice. Sure. Like that, sure. that's brilliant. Um, how are you doing on time? Can I get a break in real quick? Oh yeah, totally. Are you good. Okay, you understand how that goes. Uh, yes, I, be- I, I, I better do this. <laughs> All right, play a Metashare spot <laughs> yeah, for me. There we go. All right, back with Brand Anson here in a moment. Hang on. Ten thirty-two here at the bottom of the hour. On a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us. Brand Hansen is with us. He used to work here at WDWS, now a national talk show host. He's an author, and we've been talking about his book, Unoffendable, revised version of that. He's also wrote two or three other books, and we're just uh, letting people talk to him. He, of course, worked here and uh, grew up in this area and attended the University of Illinois and so forth, so it's good to have Brant with us. i uh, got a couple of callers here for you, Brant. Uh, let's go to Terry. How you doing, Terry? I'm good. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I uh, just uh, was listening, as you said you do. I uh, listen on uh, one of the uh, streaming services. Um, Patty and I are in Cape Coral, and uh, uh, we think about you often and just wanted to say hello. Thank you. Great to hear your voice, man. Thank you, Terry. Good to hear from you. Yeah, a lot of folks remember you here, Brant. That's uh, that's nice. That's nice, and they listen to you currently. You've got a you, one show at least, right? Do you do a couple of shows, or you have enough? Well, yeah, I, I still do a radio show. It's syndicated. Mm-hmm. I do it from our house here in Florida, but it's on a couple hundred stations mm-hmm. across the country. And um, yeah, so it's on like we're a morning show in New York, and then it's like mornings in L.A. and then afternoons and you know some other market or Fort Wayne, you know whatever. It's just it's whenever they want to put it on different. I stations. see. Okay. All right. And you've got an odd cast. With, with right. With. Yeah, we we call it an odd cast because it is sincerely odd. And <laughs> what I love what with I love Sherry, is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's brilliant. So I work with her. She's from Pittsburgh originally, and she's an African American single lady. And so me being a white nerdy married guy. She's like hip on all the pop culture stuff. Just brilliant. She's a comedian, so she's humble and so smart. But so we're able to have all these really honest conversations, and that's turned out to be a, a huge blessing. So that our podcast is just called the Brant and Sherry Oddcast. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. It's very funny. It's uh, it's very good. Uh, let's go to Mary here with Brant Hansen. Go ahead, Mary. Hi. Um... I just wanted to add something to this forgiveness. Uh, the disciples asked Jesus, you know, uh, how they should pray, and they give him the Lord's Prayer. And it ends with, uh, the kingdom, power, and glory forever. And people stop there. And there's two more verses here in Jesus' word that says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But 
If you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When I discovered that, that was no problem for me to really work on myself to forgive other people. Mm. Yeah. Well, yes, thank, totally thank you, Mary. True. Yeah, your thoughts on that. I mean, that's... Uh, well, it's funny. Yeah. She, she said, I, I just noticed that like a few days ago. I had never noticed that before. It's really weird. She called him with that because I... It, this isn't a side issue. If you're somebody who is, you know, a self-professing Christian or whatever, the forgiveness thing is everything. Mm-hmm. Like it forces you into humility where instead of judging everybody or thinking you know everybody's motives, you're you're forced to think about your what God's done for you. So you start living every day out of gratitude, which is, again, genius because – Every modern psychologist will tell you gratitude is the key to any kind of contentment in life. Like, But it, it really forces you when you know you have to forgive people even in advance. People are going to do people's stuff today. Like, It forces you to actually take Jesus seriously on that, and then that makes you a very grateful person. And people are actually more drawn to you when you're not judgy or anything, that your neighbors will be want to be around you, you'll be... A lot more fun to be around. I learned that the I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Well, and we always talk about you know the Ten Commandments that you know, but really, as 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 Christ said, there's only there's two. You know, yeah. love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And part of that loving your neighbor is, as you said earlier, to be forgiven, and then you're supposed to forgive others. I mean, that's yeah. I want I mean, that for myself. I mean, if I have to forgive, I have to cut people some slack, like even people who are just dead wrong. Like Jesus is looking at people with compassion and saying they don't really know what they're doing. Like they don't quite understand. They've been through different things, different backgrounds. They don't have my background. And again, it doesn't make them right or wrong, but I should have some degree of being so grateful for when I've been wrong that I just extend that grace to other people. And it it does it just makes your day better. Mm-hmm. And again, instead of being the religious guy on the block that everybody's a little bit annoyed or intimidated by or something like you become you become the house party like because everybody's welcome mm-hmm. it doesn't make everybody right or it doesn't make me right or anything, but you just you you just live out of this constant gratitude that people they become drawn to it it's like you're the one person who's not going to judge them because you know that everybody's broken mm-hmm. hope that makes sense no absolutely and when you think about uh, Christ hanging on the cross, one of the last words he said was, Father, forgive them. Right. He's talking so forgiveness in that moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, this is a way to live. This is a lifestyle. It's a very good one. And Jesus said that his way of living is a lighter way that takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. And I can see where that's true because people who don't, who, you know, say, well, that's, that's not, I'm not going to follow this guy. Well, that's, that's, he gives you that freedom. But I, there's a lightness of being that you're missing out on, and that hyper-religious people who don't forgive are missing out on. Um, so I, I just see all that. As the older I get, I see how that's so true. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And not to change the subject, but yeah. how long have you been doing the Illinois games? Is it 20 years? Uh, this is 21. Yep. 21. Did yeah. they did they have a big banquet or anything? I hope they did. <laughs> Come for re- on. For reaching 20 years? <laughs> yes. Did well, they? Well, no, but uh Dude, you, know. you are so good. 
I travel. We live now in California and Pennsylvania here. And I listen to Sony Brockett. You're just so good at this. I, it's it's alarming almost when I turn on the Illinois games. I don't know if people they just get used to it or something. But I hope they, I hope you get some sense of that that you're really good at it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> true. Now, some people do it. You know, Don Fisher over at Indiana. He, this is year fifty for him. So uh, yeah, you know, I've got a long way to go. So yeah, that's cool. But you don't in terms of professionalism. Like I hope and the excitement level. When I, when I first heard you, I, one guy I really liked was Wayne Larravee mm-hmm. back in the day. And I, to me, when I first heard you, I thought, this guy sounds like he has that level of professionalism plus brings excitement to the game. Mm-hmm. So I just hope people appreciate how good you are. And the fact that you're not a big self-promoter is such a refreshing thing, too. You just, you've, you've always just done your thing, and I don't know. I just... Well. Thank That's my you. editorial comment. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. There you go. Uh, does Brant remember having fun with the proposed trolley? <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's not built yet? It's not built. No, did not oh, happen. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I had a, I got a kick out of the whole idea that we needed to train. And I'm like, well, cool, I'd love to train, but I was told price was no object. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Um, as a as a champagne taxpayer, I like to suggest that price is a, an object. So, yeah, we got a I got a kick out of that on the show. Just asking some asking oh. some questions. Oh, every time it came up, Jim would always play the the ding of a trolley bell. You know, he'd yeah it'd be a ding ding ding. You know, when it came up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. let's see here. Uh, hi, Brant. Great to hear you. Your oddcast is hilarious and very deep and insightful. It's brilliant that Sherry is hearing everything for the first with us with a very genuine response. So. Yeah. Who's that from? Uh, I, did, I didn't have a name with it. but Okay, well. Anonymous so, texter. So. so because Sherry is so smart and, and comedically talented at just like improv, our radio show is, she has no idea what's coming. Like, and it sounds... I want it to sound human. I don't want it to sound like I'll say this and then you say that. And then, <laughs> like I don't want to have any of that. So it's it's improv. I come in with the prep ideas. I've always got content, but she doesn't know what in the world is next. And so she is wildly swung around from philosophical stuff to the most ludicrous ideas ever and has to respond in a kind way. But she is she is incredible talent we've been working together for 10 years now mm-hmm. uh 1042 at dws uh, i want to get before we wrap it up here brand just want to uh i know the book i think the unoffendable book is there a um you can use it as a group study right a small group or yeah or, or and if you want to subject your yeah if you want to subject <laughs> yourself to this too you can there's a video series mm-hmm. i did it's a six-part video series so it sets up that week's discussion it's like an 18-minute thing each time. It's done. It's done in a comedy club type setting with a live audience, and I talk about it. And then there's there's a study guide. You can ask questions. The thing is, everybody can relate to this. Mm-hmm. There's not a human being on the planet that does not struggle with anger and forgiveness and what to do with this and how this works. So the discussions are always lively. Even if people disagree with me, it's always a fun thing to talk about. This is so relevant. Mm-hmm. So, somebody yeah. texted in and said, forgiveness is essential. Whoever wronged you has long forgotten what they did to you. 
that's true. I mean, we're we're, yeah. we're it's hanging on in our mind, but they probably forgot about it. So. Yeah, we feel like we're teaching them a lesson or something by still being angry about it, but we're actually we're actually just torpedoing our own lives, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got one more here. Lynn is with us with Brand Hanson. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I used to work with the Brant Hansen you're talking to. Oh, really? Yes, I did. And he was so much more serious back then. I don't know where this funny route came from. Brant, <laughs> I never saw much of that at work. So where'd that come from? Wait, where? which which work? Lynn Peters, Windsor Road. Oh, Lynn Peters. Okay. You don't remember me being funny there? No. You were always okay. so serious. Well, I was 20 years old, too. I mean, it's a little that, bit different, too. That's a little pressure. It, you know? Yeah. I always now, tell people I, I knew Brant before he became, you know, a great writer and a and a great uh, radio person. But, yeah, I still uh, – I, I need to ask for forgiveness because when you had your, you know, the one thing you write about in Undefendable that happened at the church, yeah. I, I kind of laughed <laughs> when that happened. So I need to ask for forgiveness because I couldn't believe you did that. No, I know. I'll, I could tell Brian that story. He'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, but the best but part I was, was writing, when you I was, got in. I was writing funny newsletters and stuff. I don't. I don't know. I, just, um, I missed all that, Brant. I just saw Mister Serious Dude. So, you know, anyway, you know. I'm proud of you. Uh, so glad Thanks. to know you, and um, I'm just happy to see that you're a grandpa now, and you're you know yeah. aging gracefully. Thank you, <laughs> and great to hear your voice. All right, so, hey. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you, Lynn. Bye-bye. Good to hear from you. And I think you're a lot like me, Brant. You, you grew up, I, I'd have never dreamed that I'd be doing no. radio. I mean, talking to people scared me to death. And right. I was so shy and so introverted. And one of the things, I was talking to Jason Benetti, who's a national broadcaster now, about um, the thing that drew me to radio in college was I could do it and not be seen by anybody. That's exactly right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It is. And so there's a lot of, well... And the other thing is too, what you're doing is you're you're putting yourself in a situation where you kind of control the flow. So by doing play by play or hosting a show, it's not as awkward as being in a situation where you have to small talk and you're not you don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. for an introvert, same thing with stand up comedy. Like a lot of the best comedians, those people are introverts. Mm-hmm. Like like Seinfeld. So yeah. it, but. It gives you a chance to interact with people in a way where you're kind of you, you've got the microphone, <laughs> so you you know where it's going or at least where that's you right. want it to go. Yeah, no, it's uh, and, and you get confidence from it, and then you get better, and and that's how it works. So, um, can I tell you a really quick story? Yeah, Lynn was yeah. So I was working at Windsor Road Christian Church. I was like 21 years old. I just graduated from U of I in journalism, but I get this. I was working with the kids. I left my keys upstairs down the hall and it was dark and I left it in the kitchen and I was like, well, I need to get out of here. So I, I was running through the hallways of the church. You're never supposed to run in church. And so running through the hallways and there's this beam right in the middle of the hallway and I saw it. It was kind of dim. So I went to the left of this beam and I ran up the stairs and I found my keys and I ran down the stairs. Now I'm sprinting full on. And I went to the left of this beam again. Well, the other side of the beam, I wasn't thinking, it was a glass wall. Ooh. I was sprinting. I was sprinting, and suddenly I was just stopped and standing there, and people came running down. They were like, what was that big boom? 
I smashed that wall in three different places and I was bleeding profusely. And so I was like, I don't know what just happened. So I went to the emergency room at, at Carl or wherever and um the next week on all the windows around the church they had a sign that just said, Brent, no. <laughs> and <laughs> I still have scars from it, which is yeah, so yeah. A, lot of, a lot of slapstick. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, we'll wrap it up with this, Brent. Where can people get the book? How do they get it? Uh, work and Amazon. Work? Amazon. Amazon's okay. Great. Yeah, anywhere really. But okay. But yeah, just just look up my name on Amazon. You'll find the books and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I always thought you were one of the most creative people I ever worked with, uh, and Thank I think that you. carries over through today. Uh, just your humor and your. Um, your, your, your self-deprecation, but also just you connect with people on a very human level. And I think that's, um, then and this book is an example of that. So thanks, man. Yeah. Sometime I want to get caught up on what your family's up to. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely man. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Can update you on all of that. They're all getting older. I can tell you that. Well, I know. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate it today. Thank you, Brant, for the time. And uh, keep up the good work on all the shows, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, man. Talk to you later, Brian. Very good. That's uh, Brant Hansen, national uh, syndicated uh, talk show host. I heard on a lot of uh, Christian stations around the country, New York and Los Angeles and um, everywhere in between, and a former co-worker of ours here at the radio station and just has a great perspective, I think. it's The book is unoffendable, and it's uh, selling like crazy. And uh, you can get it. Uh, go to Amazon. That'd be a great place to go. 1049, back in a moment. Just a here as we uh, start to wrap it up for today on this Thursday. We'll have a uh, OSF cardiologist. How do you say it? Cardiologist? i got to say it fast. Uh, Tomorrow in the uh, 10 o'clock hour for a little bit, Mike Hale and uh, Mark Schultz, uh, one a Chiefs fan and one an Eagles fan as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Eric Meyer is going to come by for a little bit. 90th birthday celebration for Cam's coming up and some open line time in and around that. 1052. Our uh, new sponsor on the show is All Pro Professional uh, Plumbing and Cooling. Uh, they've got plumbing services, of course, uh, one of the facets. They've got all kinds of things heating and air conditioning, plumbing. Uh, based in Tuscola, but they got trucks and vans all over uh, the area here. And uh, want to say thanks to uh, the folks down there that work down there John Mannon, Blake, and Miles all work at All Pro. Plumbing services, they can do hot water heater repair and replacement, plumbing fixture replacement and repair, maybe an issue with your sewage or sewer, toilet repair, faucet repair, leak repairs. And again, uh, two of the things I've always said that I will never touch is anything with water or anything with electricity. And uh, plumbing in this case, drain cleaning, commercial plumbing, new construction plumbing. Uh, you can go to their website. And uh, just uh, if you just Google All Pro Plumbing, you'll find their services, again, based in uh, Tuscola. So reach out to them uh, if you need to, anytime you have an issue. And they're a brand-new sponsor here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, All Pro 
And it's again, say hi to Jan, uh, John and Blake and Miles. And they do a lot of great uh, services. And they can be there and fix any of those sorts of problems. Leaks. Maybe you got a leak in your shower. You don't know where that's coming from. Anything to do with plumbing, all pro. Heating, AC, plumbing. Based in Tuscola. Glad to have them on board with us here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. And we'll keep telling you more about them as we go along. Need to tell you about the numbers. Brent Musburger out in the desert. Here he is with our update. Ten fifty-eight. Appreciate Brian Hansen being with us in the second hour. A couple of texts here left over. Somebody said we're talking about National Pizza Day. Uh, we live in Southeast Vermilion County. My wife and I think Dobelly's Pizza in Ridge Farm is the best. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, good morning, Brian. When my uncle visited France while on vacation, he actually had a big plate of French fries in France, and he said they were delicious. I'm not sure if he had a slice of pizza. In Italy. Well, if you're going to go to Italy, I think you would have to have pizza, right? That would make sense. And let's see. I think there's one here that says uh, maybe I can get to it tomorrow. It's kind of long. I'll mention it tomorrow. Okay. And I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I missed here. I don't think so. All right. uh, Tomorrow. Well, before I do that, uh, let me remind you, Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. If you are involved in an accident here, we had some rain this morning. Maybe there was some wet spots or you, sl- or you uh, slid out your driveway and down into the uh, mailbox during the recent snow and ice. Any of that sort of stuff, if it puts a dent in your car, they can fix it at Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. South side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. So make sure you stop by Gallo Miller. Give them a call. Uh, They'll take care of all the insurance stuff and all the things you really don't like to deal with. They make that as smooth as possible. So you can just get on with your life and then get your car either repaired or get a new one or whatever has to happen. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. All right, tomorrow we'll start with an open line. We'll talk about the 90th birthday of Cam's. You can read about that in the News Gazette today, by the way. And all the high school confidential. Always a lot of great stories in there from the schools in the area. Uh, That's in the News Gazette today. Back tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Enjoyed it very much. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's 11 o'clock at the Tone.